Hey there, this is Brian Zond, and welcome to my sermon podcast. I'm glad that you're interested in the sermons that I preach here at Word of Life Church in St. Joseph, Missouri. And if you ever feel inclined to help us by supporting us financially, you can do that at our website, wolc.com. Thank you. On the seventh and final Sunday of Eastertide, we look at the culmination of the grand story of redemption. At the end of the Bible, we discover that the gospel story does not end with the lucky elect whisked off to heaven. No, the gospel story actually ends with heaven coming to earth. Different way of thinking about it. And the story of redemption does not end with the dissolving of the nations. It ends with the healing of the nations. Revelation chapter 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. The cavalcade of fantastic images in the book of Revelation are not entirely original with John of Patmos. Nearly all the images in Revelation are adaptations from the Old Testament including the river of life, the tree of life, and the healing leaves found here in Revelation 22. These images come from Ezekiel ben Buzi, the strangest of all the Hebrew prophets. I don't know if you've read his book. That is some wild stuff. Ezekiel ben Buzi. He was a Jerusalem priest and he was part of the Jerusalem East, or elite, it's part of the Jerusalem elite that was um, forcibly deported by Nebuchadnezzar to Babylon in the year 597, 10 years before the destruction of Jerusalem. So before the city was destroyed, the first thing that Nebuchadnezzar did was forcibly deport the elite a group of leaders and all of that to Babylon. And Ezekiel was a part of that. Now, after five years of being in exile in the pagan city of Babylon, when Ezekiel was age 30, he had a vision of the glory of God by the Kibar Canal in the city of Babylon And that began his prophetic ministry. He'd been a priest, but now he begins his prophetic ministry. 
And all of his prophetic ministry would occur in Babylon. Ezekiel's prophecies were mostly in the form of very strange, very sensational, and very graphic visions, some of which are yeah, explicit enough that they would definitely get an R rating for sure. I tell you, it's a wild book. I mean, it's from Ezekiel that we get visions like the four living creatures, the wheel within a wheel, the two prostitute sisters, the valley of dry bones, the war of Gog and Magog. Then in the year 572, 15 years after the destruction of Jerusalem. Jerusalem's been destroyed now and all the people have been deported. The temple is no more. 15 years after that, in 572, when Ezekiel's now 50 years old, he had his final vision. And his final vision is of a new temple. There is no temple, but he has a vision of a new temple, a mystical temple. And it's his by far largest vision. It takes up nine chapters, the final nine chapters of the book of Ezekiel. And at the very end of the vision of this mystical temple that Ezekiel says, uh, there's this aspect of the vision. Ezekiel is looking at this temple, a temple that does not exist, but has spiritual and mystical implications in the vision. And he sees from this temple in Jerusalem, a little trickle of water that is flowing from the threshold. It's not a gushing, it's just a, a trickle of water that is coming from under the threshold of the temple. And it begins to, and it's flowing towards the east. Down toward the east, which would mean it's flowing into the Judean wilderness. Then, an angel that had several times appeared in this vision, says to Ezekiel, son of man. By the way, that's where we first get the term son of man. It comes from the book of Ezekiel where Ezekiel is called the son of man 93 times. Son of man, come here. And, the, and, the, and this man, this angel, had a measuring line and he measures out down the stream, he measures downstream a thousand cubits, 500 yards. And the angel says, son of man, come on. And he enters a stream and he walks 500 yards down according to the measurement of the angel. And now the water's to the ankles. And then another thousand cubits is measured and the angel beckons and Ezekiel continues and he goes another 500 yards and it's water to the knees. And then another measurement of a thousand cubits, it's, it's water to the waist. And then finally, now we're over a mile downstream the final 1,000 cubits is measured. And as Ezekiel reaches that point, he is now swimming. He can no longer walk. He's swimming. And so you have this, you have this phenomenon of this little trickle of water that as it flows does not diminish, but it gets greater and deeper and wider. Now over a mile down into the river, the angel says, son of man, have you seen this? Yes, I've seen this. Come here. And, and Ezekiel's brought now to the shore, to the banks of the river, and trees are growing up. Trees, trees. 
are just zoop, trees are growing up on either side. Now, this is this is in the Judean wilderness. There are no trees there. There are zero trees. But now this river that issues from the threshold of the temple that gets deeper and deeper and deeper as it flows is producing along its banks trees, not just any kind of tree. These trees bear 12, well, they bear fruit every month, but they bear 12 different kinds of fruit. In other words, they bear fruit every month and it's a different fruit for each month. That's a cool tree. I mean, okay, we got, all right, so it's, it's, uh, it's pear month. And then we have next month is peaches. And then it's apples and then it's oranges and then it's pineapple and then it's apricots. <laughs> There's coconuts. Coconuts, coconuts are not true. That's not a fruit, is it? No, it is. Oh, we have controversy. I don't want to be teaching heresy, so I don't know. I don't know if there's a coconut month or not. Pomegranates, bananas. Okay, you get the point. These, yes, okay, now everybody's going to be shouting out their favorite fruit. Okay. And so that's pretty remarkable, but it gets even better. The leaves on this remarkable, on these remarkable trees are for healing. You just, you just take the leaves of the tree and you apply it to the wounded, to the disease, to the sick, and they are healed. Hallelujah. It doesn't, don't just, you know, no surgery, no harsh medicines, no radiation, just the leaf. And, it's, and it heals. Okay. This river keeps flowing though. And everywhere it flows, these trees are zoom, 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 growing up, these marvelous trees. And finally, after flowing for about 70 miles from Jerusalem, from the threshold temple, the, just a little trickle. Now that's a river and it flows all the way down, 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 east, 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 down, 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 down to the lowest point on earth, 15 or 1400 feet below sea level, the Dead Sea. Did you see the Dead Sea last week, Perry? She did, yeah. Perry's back. And the, uh, it flows down to the Dead Sea, saltiest, mineraliest body of water at the lowest point on earth, and nothing, I'm telling you, nothing lives in it. That's why they call it the Dead Sea, because there's no life in it. But in Ezekiel's vision, when this mystical river from the mystical temple arrives at the Dead Sea, suddenly the waters of the Dead Sea are made fresh. And all of a sudden, the Dead Sea is resurrected. It's full of life, full of fish. And all of a sudden, now the fishermen come and now they are plying their nets into the healed waters of the Dead Sea and finding an abundance of fish. It is a powerful prophetic metaphor. And it's so powerful that this is the image that John of Patmos incorporates at the end of the book of Revelation. That from the throne of God and of the Lamb, there flows a river of the water of life. And the river of life brings flourishing into the new earth and the trees of life bear their fruit and the leaves are for the healing of the nations. And oh my, the nations need healing. 
Russia needs to be healed from the harm inflicted by its reckless autocrat. Ukraine needs to be healed from the horrors of war. Israel and Palestine need to be healed from their intractable injustice. And America, America needs to be healed from its hellish and unending gun violence. And may a trickle of the river of life flow from this church this morning to help bring some healing to our land. May there be a flow from this house of lamentation of sorrow and also prayers of healing. So I want you to pray with me right now. This is a prayer for people living in a violent land. There are parts for you to participate in. They'll be bold, they'll be underlined. You'll see what your part is. But the most important thing is let's, let's pray so that, it, so that something begins to issue forth and flow from Word of Life Church into our land. Most merciful God, we confess that our nation is addicted to violence. We have celebrated and mythologized the violence we call good, only to be shocked by the violence we know is evil. We have sown the wind and reaped the whirlwind. Forgive us for disseminating the deceit of redemptive violence, for embracing the satanic lie that we can do good by killing. May we who confess that Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace have the courage to turn swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. And may we embody the way of peace. We lament the African-American elders who were killed in Buffalo. Lord, have mercy. We lament the school children and their teachers who were killed in Uvalde. Lord, have mercy. We lament the wounded, their wounded bodies and wounded souls. Lord, have mercy. We lament our addiction to violence and pray for our deliverance. Lord, have mercy. We lament that our culture sacralizes weapons and we pray to learn the better way of peace. Lord, have mercy. We lament that we have idolized violent men instead of learning from your servants of peace. So we pray as we learn from your servant, St. Francis, Lord, make us instruments of peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O oh, divine master, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. It is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. We're right in the midst of the most important 90 minutes of the week. I really believe that. When we gather together like this, when we come together as a church, it's utterly unique. 
There's no other 90 minutes in your week quite like this. And what we need most in this moment is a word from elsewhere. A word that you're not going to hear on Fox, CNN, MSNBC, or anywhere else like that. A word that comes from the heavens. That over time forms us into the kind of people, the kind of church we must be. Every church needs to be a colony of New Jerusalem. An outpost of heaven on earth. Every church needs to have a flow of the river of life. Every church needs to help bring healing to the dead seas of our world. And there are a lot of them. But every church needs to have a flow of the river of life that helps bring healing to the dead seas of our world. Every church needs to help bring healing to its own nation with the gentleness of leaves. Uh, uh, abandon the idea of being a, a warrior. We bring healing leaves as our role in society. We can stop fighting, we can start healing with the gentleness of leaves. If the church gets caught up in partisan politics and the vitriol that always engenders of us versus them and our culture wars, the river of life runs dry among us and we become a dead sea. I don't, I don't like to talk like this too often because there, there, there's already enough unabashed criticism of the church. I don't necessarily want to contribute to that, but on this Sunday, I am going to say there are such a thing as Dead Sea churches that are no longer helping. And they don't fit in any particular narrow theological spectrum. They're all over, from very conservative to very progressive. But they don't have any flow of that life anymore, and they've become Dead Sea churches. But if we will love and worship Jesus, love and work, not just admire Jesus, Love and worship Jesus to the extent that we begin to be impelled to follow him. If we will love and worship Jesus, love and serve our neighbors, not fight our neighbors, not argue with our neighbors, not shame our neighbors, but serve our neighbors. The river of life will begin to flow. Begin to flow. I mean, it, we, we don't have to make it. If we will just stand in the new temple, this, this is the new temple. It's a temple made not of stones. It's made of living stones. It's made of you and me. Inhabited by the Holy Spirit. And if we will love Jesus and worship, love Jesus above all things. And you don't use what you love. Right? If you love people, you don't use people. If you love Jesus, you don't use Jesus. Well, here's what I already believe. Here's what I'm already committed. And I'll try to drag Jesus out here, you know, to be an endorser of my particular... No. Love Jesus as Jesus is and worship him. Amen. Worship him, worship him. Worship him who is God, the God man, Jesus the Christ. And then from that, let that flow into loving our neighbors and serving our neighbors. Then there's a flow that starts. We don't, it just happens, a flow of the river of life. Ankle deep, keep going, press on, keep going. Knee deep, don't stop, keep going, come on. Come on, son of man, come on. Daughters of Eve, come on. 
And you keep going. And then it's, then it's way steep. You keep, don't stop. Keep going. And finally, there's enough to swim in. You, you are, you're arriving into the river of life, into a place of holy buoyancy. Where, where you, you both are, you know how it is that you get in water and it's, you're, kind of, you're lighter, you're more buoyant. You can kind of spring up and down. You, you touch the bottom, you touch earth maybe, but then you come up into the heavens as it were. Work with me on this. So that, so that we live floating with buoyancy back and forth between heaven and earth. Heaven where we, where we hear the word from elsewhere, where we have the kind of visions of a world being transformed, but then we, we lightly touch back down and then we go, we, we go back up into the heavens and then we come back down because we're completely surrounded by the river of life that comes from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And the nations of the world desperately need life-giving streams and healing leaves. We bring that healing about by bearing quiet but persistent witness to Jesus. Not in loud and ugly protest, but like little streams and leaves. Streams and leaves. And our witness must be a faithful witness to Jesus, not compromised by consumerism, not politicized by tribalism, not nationalized by the lies of empire. We bring healing to the nations when we bear faithful witness to the Jesus of the Beatitudes. I mean, is our presence in the world reflective of the one who said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. They shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. They shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, ache within for the world to be set right. They'll be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful. They'll receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. They'll be given the beatific vision. They'll perceive God. They'll see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. They'll be called the sons and daughters of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for all the right reasons. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We bear faithful witness to the Jesus who is, who is the friend of sinners. The Jesus who upon the cross forgave it all. Father, forgive them. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not counting their trespasses against them. We bear witness to that Christ. That Christ who descended down into death in order to defeat death and has risen and is now Lord. And death is vanquished because of Christ. We bear witness to that Jesus. That one, that one. We bear witness to Jesus who is the savior of the world for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Revelation twenty two sixteen, It is I, Jesus, who sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. 
And let everyone who hears say, come. And let everyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who wishes take the water of life as a gift. The Spirit says, come. The Holy Spirit, the bride, the church says, come. Well, who are the Spirit and the bride giving this invitation to? Well, to those outside the city, to those who have followed the dragon and the beast and the false prophet into the lake of fire and are outside the gates of the city, the gates of which will never be shut. Those who have been deceived by the devil, by empire and by its empty propaganda and landed in a place where the world's on fire to those, the spirit and the bride say, come, our gates are never shut. I know you're in a world on fire, but there is an alternative, come. Come, the spirit and the bride say, come. So the lake of fire isn't the end for those who end up there. It doesn't have to be because the spirit and bride say, come. Are you sick of it? Have you given up hope that the world through that way, through the way of the dragon and the beast and the false prophet can become flourishing? Then come, come. Just come into the city. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they will have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates and the gates are never shut. There's 12 gates, four on, three on each side and north, south, east, weather, never, and, and the spirit and bride say, come, come, come. The only thing is you, 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 have to, you have to wash your robe. That's baptism. It's baptism. The, the citizenship of New Jerusalem is no longer defined by ethnicity, circumcision, Torah observance, but now it's defined by faith, baptism, and obedience to Jesus as Lord. Baptism. We're baptizing next Sunday, so sign up. Sign up. You can do it online. If you're, if you're an onliner, we have a process for you to participate in baptism next week. If you're here, you can sign up in the foyer to get baptized because the baptistry is a time machine. It throws us into the age to come and we are men and women out of time. Well, Paul says it like this. We are those upon whom the ends of the age has come. We are they upon whom the ends of the age has come. You say, well, well war has not come to end. It has for us. You say, yeah, but, but hatred hasn't come to an end. It has for us. We are those, the baptized are those upon whom the end has already arrived. The baptistry is a time machine that allows us at least in measure to begin to experience the new Jerusalem, the city of the lamb, the water of life, the tree of life, and the leaves that are for the healing of the nations here and now. So I invite you. I'm part of the bride that says, come.
I'm filled with the Holy Spirit today saying, come, believe in Jesus and come into his kingdom. Come into his city. Come into his new way. Don't try to drag Jesus out and use him for your agenda. No, no, just come to where Jesus is worshiped, where he is upon the throne, where he is hailed King of kings and Lord of lords. You can come to the table today. Next Sunday, you can come to the baptistry. But the spirit and the bride say come. Amen. Stand up with me. Let's confess our faith with deep meaning and intentionality. And then let's confess our sins in great humility. And then let's come to the table of the Lord where the lamb himself offers his flesh and blood that we might have life. Confess with me. I believe in God, the father almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, join with me in confessing our sins. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name, amen. And God is gracious to all who confess their sins and in humility ask for mercy. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. This is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little, you who have been here often and you who have not been here long, you who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come, because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. The body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. Amen.